630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans. Hey, it's April. That means football's almost back. We can now say CFL training camp start next month and good luck with those april fool's day jokes today as well uh, for the record rookie camps open up on may the 10th main camps will open up across the country on may the 14th uh, last week we had the combine in edmonton uh, it was a week of cfl activity with uh, everybody in town to enjoy it and it went pretty well it's been awesome you know we've been we've been away we've been doing our thing uh you know signing players looking for new players um and to to be back in edmonton and, and have the combine here i uh, have the entire league here it's it's been a great week um and and it really it's starting to feel like we're getting back to football again that's Elks assistant GM Roy Simon from our show last week from the Combine. Everybody now back home and making adjustments to their draft list and getting prepared for the draft. The CFL Canadian draft will go on May the 2nd. The Elks, at least right now, have the second overall pick in the draft behind the Ottawa Red Blacks. Also from last week, here's Roy Simon again on the Elks offseason and the work that he and GM Chris Jones have put in. I think we had a great offseason. Uh, we were very um, we were very diligent in in our work, we, we you know we span the entire North America uh, looking for the right guys, um, good players, but also the right guys to, to bring in the locker room. I think free agency was very helpful for us, and and you know helping our offense. Um, you know, obviously the receivers we brought in, you know Eugene Lewis, Stephen Dunbar, um, Kyra Moore, and then even to Josiah St. John, he's going to be a great asset for us. Um, you know, I, I think I think we 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 did a good job. Now it's a, now it's time. Time to you know finish things finish things off with the draft and 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 um, fit, you know cherry pick a few more players and, and and put this put this roster together so we can you know go out and win and win big. There was some Elks news this week. Two players released uh, earlier in the week, including 2021 team MOP, James Wilder Jr. The running back had a real good first year in Edmonton in 2021. 770 yards playing in 12 of 14 games. He was the lone bright spot in a three-win season for the Elks that year. Uh, this past season, injuries took him out. A serious neck injury that uh, he has hinted could end his career uh, took him out three games into the season. In total, over two years in Edmonton. 15 games played, just under 900 yards rushing, and a couple of touchdowns. Certainly wish him the best. Uh, he was always a pleasure to deal with. So as far as the Elks running back position goes, that's probably in pretty good hands with Kevin Brown who came in like a house on fire last year. He uh, started the last seven games of the season, ran for 486 yards. That's a 6.6 yard average. He also ran for a touchdown and caught 24 passes for 176 yards as well. That's a 7.3 average so in total 662 yards for brown in the final seven games of the season that would uh, extrapolate out over to over uh, 1700 yards in a full season so we uh, expect big things from kevin brown this coming season at the running back spot also released this week quarterback Vinny testaverde jr uh, he was let go just over a month after he was signed by the Elks. Mentioned training camps getting started soon. Coming into camp as the number one quarterback for the Ox will be Taylor Cornelius. We'll check in with QB1 when we come back. It's the Ox this week on 630 Chet. 
football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Six weeks from training camp, it's time to get caught up with Elks quarterback Taylor Cornelius, who I spoke to earlier this week. It's been a busy offseason for Cornelius, healing from his surgery late last year, and maybe the most important thing in his offseason, he got married. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we uh, got married in Arkansas, in Bentonville, Arkansas, her hometown. Um, you know, we had all the family and friends out there, and it was a, a great party and, and, a, and a great ceremony. And uh, after, you know, six years of being together, we finally got it done. College sweetheart? Yes, college sweetheart. We met in, at Oklahoma State. Uh, my, it would have been my junior year, her sophomore year and then been together ever since and uh she hasn't gotten tired of me yet nice and uh she was with you last year in edmonton right so uh she knows uh, she knows what's going on marrying a quarterback and living in edmonton <laughs> yeah she does she was there last year the the whole season so it was great to have her up there uh and experience uh you know life in a different country for a little bit uh how was the honeymoon where'd you go we went to the Dominican Republic. It was it was amazing. We were there for six nights. Uh, you know, got to do a lot of relaxing on the beach and just uh, you know enjoy and get away for a little bit. Ah, great stuff. Well, uh, glad that went well. Let's uh, turn the page a little bit now and start talking a, a little football with uh, Taylor Cornelius. Uh, first off, let's go back to the end of last season when we last saw you and I last talked to you. Uh, it was just at the end of the season. You just come off surgery for your spleen. Uh, how's everything health wise for you? Everything's great. Uh, you know, after the season, it was about six weeks of, of, you know, sitting around not doing much just because doctor's orders and things like that. Uh, but um, slowly started getting back into it, um, getting back in shape and and now back uh, to full health and feeling great and working out with no problems. Were you able to pick up your off-season training at the usual spot when you do? I imagine sometime in January. Um, yeah, I, I was. Uh, this year was a little bit different. I went out to San Diego to train with a guy named Todd Durkin, who I worked out with uh, for my pro day back in 2018. And so got to meet back up with him, and, and it's been great ever since. All right, let's let's jump into the off-season training a little bit. Are you, did you change anything this year? And did you change anything maybe because of your position on the team now? This is going to be the first year you're, you're going to a training camp as QB1. Uh, did you change the way you do anything or your approach this year at all? Um, it was it was a little bit different this year just because most of the other off-seasons I was working, uh, you know, some type of part-time job somewhere. Um, but this year was was fortunate enough not to have to be able to do that. So got to, you know, invest in my body and invest in some training and, and feeling great. And this is the best I've felt, you know, in a, in a long time coming into a training camp. Have you did you do anything different this year besides maybe go more full time? I uh, went more full time, but I also went out to San Diego uh, and was training with the guy out there and throwing uh, several times a week and, and also just, you know, lifting and working out and just getting in the best shape I could. Any other CFL guys out there around you? Um, no, there weren't. There weren't. Uh, he's more NFL, but at the same time, you know, it's just throwing mechanics and things like that at this point and then. Uh, going to hopefully meet up with a few of the guys on the team uh, here in a few weeks and, and get together and throw with them. 
Yeah, it's getting close, isn't it? Uh, training camp. Uh, well, now that we're into April, training camp uh, just just around the corner starts next month. Yeah, right around the corner. It's 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 flown by. This has been a a crazy off season, uh, a fun one at that. Getting married and also, you know, just focusing on on myself and getting ready for the training camp. How much have you paid attention to what has gone on with the team and the moves that Chris Jones has made? Obviously, I imagine you're pretty excited about free agency and the receivers that were added. Uh, you lost a pretty good one, but you've added three, and including uh, Gino Lewis, who's uh, you know who's been a dominant guy the last couple of years. So do you follow all that closely? Um, yeah, you know we, you know Coach Jones and I, you know we talk, you know couple times a week uh and it, and it kind of heated up too especially around free agency just talking about what guys you know i would want to play with you know and he brings up a guy like gino and you know you just have to automatically you know you know the type of player he is on the field just seeing him week after week making spectacular plays and things like that and then you know talking to a few guys that have played with him too and just touching base and seeing what kind of guy he is and and you know all you hear is just great things about him um, and so that was just a no-brainer uh, for that. But then also adding, you know, another guy and and Dunbar and and Swerve, um, you know, the receiver core uh, will be really great this year with D. Mitch coming back and Manny as well. Indeed, uh, you lost Kenny Lawler, who was terrific last year. Just made some fantastic catches. But if you're going to replace a Kenny Lawler, Gino Lewis is not a bad way to go, is it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. You know, they do some things uh, similarly. You know, Gino has dubbed himself, you know, the ninety ten guy, and uh, and I think he's earned that title. Uh, you know, it was unfortunate to to lose a guy like Kenny. You know, he's a great person and a great friend uh, as well. But obviously, you know, his you know, back in Winnipeg, and I think he feels at home. You said ninety ten. Explain that. Yeah, you know, uh, it's usually called a fifty fifty ball where okay. you just throw it up to the receiver DB, but he calls himself the ninety ten guy. I got you. That makes sense. <laughs> when I heard the Elks sign, and the first thing that I flashed back to is that game at Commonwealth last year and that touchdown, one handed touchdown pass he made right on the sidelines in the end zone. He's man, he makes a lot of those. Oh yeah, it's 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 unbelievable his you know his his ball skills uh, in the air and, and you know you can just see it week by week he just goes up and makes the plays and attacks the football like you would want as a quarterback. Have you talked much with him yet? Yeah, uh, I, I've talked to him several times. You know, I had to give him a hard time about going to uh, Oklahoma uh, since I was an Oklahoma State guy. But, you know, we joked about it back and forth, and he seems like a great dude and excited to get to meet him in person and, and get, build some chemistry. Yeah, for sure. Let's let somebody talk about the other guys. Do you know much uh, about Stephen Dunbar? Uh, I mean, he was kind of lost in that Hamilton uh, offense behind Tim White a little bit, but still put up 1,000 yards. Another really good receiver. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was an all-star last year. Um, and then, obviously, the one play that sticks out, uh, you know, we had to replay it multiple times in film. And, and on the TV was his one-handed catch last year against Ottawa, you know. Uh, probably the catch of the year, in my opinion, getting P.I.'d and then coming down with it as well. Um, you know, he's a big, uh, tall receiver, long receiver, and we feel like he can make some big-time plays for us.
And and Kyron Moore uh, Swerve, as he's affectionately known, uh, uh, going to return kicks as well. But he's a guy who's coming back off an injury. His first year in the CFL, he was dynamite. Almost, I think he had 996 yards in receiving his first year, and then got the knee injury that kind of wrecked the last two seasons that he's played. But uh, a guy who is he's not the big guy, but he can he can get out there. He's fast, and I imagine a guy who can really make some uh, make some hay after the catch. Yeah, absolutely. I think just, you know, getting him his touches every game, obviously, you know, uh, he wants to return kicks, and I think that's great. You know, the more touches uh, that guy can get the ball in his hands, the better. Um, but also just getting him in space and letting him create after the after the catch or after the handoff or whatever the case may be. You know, he's a elusive guy, and just getting the ball in his hands is the biggest thing. We talked about the three guys that they added in free agency. The guy that they added midseason and Dylan Mitchell made quite an impact. Uh, imagine you're excited to have a full year with him on the other end of your passes, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, D. Mitch, uh, like you said, came on the scene last year late. But what he was able to do in those eight games or whatever it was that he had uh, was ridiculous. You know, he's... Uh, I don't know if he averaged over 100 yards a game, but I bet he was close to that. Um, you know, his ability to make the deep play uh, is second to none. Um, he had a bunch last year, and, and really excited for him to have a full training camp with us in a, in a full season. Uh, so you had uh, Gino Lewis, who had, I think, 1,300. Uh, Dunbar had 1,000. Uh, if you stretch out uh, Mitchell's numbers, I think it would have been 1,200 over a full season. So uh, you got some targets. So you, it's like you, you only need another football for plays. Think, so you, <laughs> you got enough receivers. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, just being able to to space the field like we want to, having guys in every position uh, that can make plays, um, is going to help this offense and, and help me tremendously. And we haven't even touched on Kevin Brown and his impact, which <laughs> when you got a weapon like that in the backfield, that changes how everything works, doesn't it, uh, with, with him back there? Uh, no sure. shortage of weapons, that's for sure. No, no doubt. You know, and KB, like like uh, D. Mitch, was a late ad last year, but he came on the scene and, and just, you know, exploded. Um, you know, his ability to run the football but not – but, uh, you know, was great for us, but also just catching the ball out of backfield and making plays after the catch um, was really, really good for us. You didn't get the wins late in the season, uh, but you're in games a lot longer. You're in close games. You had a few games, especially at home. I'm thinking Montreal and Toronto that you probably should have won uh, late in the year. Uh, As you kind of go back, I don't know how much tape you've watched from last year and uh, complete games or not, but do you really feel you guys turned a bit of a corner late in the season last year? Yeah, you know, I really did feel like we uh, started doing that. You know, uh, the biggest thing for us is once we have that lead and uh, just being able to finish a game and close it out. Uh, there's no reason why we should have lost those games last year besides just, you know, uh, you know, inexcusable turnovers or, you know, mistakes on our end that could have easily been, uh, you know, fixed. All right, let's talk about your season and your turnaround. Uh, first off, how disheartening were the first five games of the year for you, not even <laughs> dressing for them after coming into camp with obviously great expectations for everybody? Yeah, it was uh, it, it was different, um, you know, not being able to, to be out there with the guys, but at the same time, you know, you it kind of feels the fire for whenever you do get that opportunity. Um 
and just sitting back and watching, doing everything I needed to do to prepare like I was going to play, but at the same time not getting to play. Um, just kind of field the fire for when I was able to get that opportunity and not look back. And then you got the opportunity and uh, you made the best of it in, in that game in Montreal. Um, that's a, That was a real turning point, I think, for you, obviously, maybe in your career because you, you got the chance, you came in, and, and you produced and got the win. And even in, yeah. in dramatic style like that, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was that was a fun one, uh, for sure. Coming back the way we did, you know, down at halftime, uh, Kenny making an unbelievable, you know, catch in the end zone and then going up by one and then us just being able to run the clock out there with, you know, two, three minutes left, uh, putting a drive together and, and going down the field and just burning clock and then being able to nail it down. So uh, you made strides last year. Uh, how obviously a big year everybody wants to get it get it going after seven wins over the last two seasons uh how big a year is this for taylor cordelius going into this season yeah i mean it's the same as as every year we want to win i want to win uh it's you know i want to say a make or break season but at the same time this season is important we got to get that you know monkey off our back get put some together put together some home wins, uh, you know, get in the playoffs and, and try and make a run with this thing. We really feel like, you know, that's, you know, where this team and the weapons we have here uh, can be at the end of the season. Your season last year, it seemed to me it changed when you started running the football more. Um, you had a lot of success running the football, and then that I think that turned into more success throwing the football as well. Uh, right. Was that a conscious decision to start running more, or was it just organic? Uh, it was it was probably more so Coach Jones telling me to just take off and run with the football. Um, you know, if nothing's there and things like that. Uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, he always talks about it. Got to protect myself. Um, <laughs> obviously, I wish I would have just ran out of bounds in, in uh, Toronto, but that's you know uh, a lesson learned at the same time. Um, but also, you know, I. I don't, I don't know if I would have changed it in that moment because we're trying to get the, get a win, and, and that's what we were fighting for, to get that home win. Um, and so, you know, whatever it took to, to make that happen, uh, that's what I was going to do. And uh, the plan, I assume, doesn't change for this year? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Uh, we'll definitely keep that um, in our arsenal and, and definitely keep it in my game as well. Although it's hard to believe that you wouldn't have an open receiver with all those guys you have uh, right now. So that's that's going to obviously uh, uh, play into your role as well. Okay, I want to ask you a couple quick things here. You played in the XFL. Have you watched much XFL this year, and what do you think? Uh, I've watched a few games. I haven't kept up with it um, that much, as, as much as I would like to, you know, uh, you know, Coach Elizondo, who brought me into the CFL, was uh, is offense coordinator down there in San Antonio, and so I try to catch a few of his games and things like that whenever they're on and wherever I have free time. But um, I hadn't, you know, watched as many as I would like to, but uh, maybe catch a few more at, towards the end of the season. Uh, are you are you a football fan or are you a sports fan? Do you like other sports too? Oh yeah, I like all sports. Um, you know, been keeping up with. March Madness, 
I was I was big in that right now, and then also you know NBA golf, uh, whatever it is, whatever season it is, I'm I'm watching some type of sports. All right, uh, we'll wrap this up, and I thank you for your time, Taylor. We'll wrap this up with uh, the the final four. The the semifinals go today. Uh, the final goes on Monday night. Uh, who's your pick to win it? Uh, I'm going with UConn. Seems safe. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they were my team that. Uh, I had them picked in the championship. I had Alabama winning it all, but it seems only right that I picked the other guy right now. All right, and uh, the Masters is next week. Who are you picking in that? Uh, I don't want to go with Scheffler. It seems too easy, um, but let's go with – I'll go with Rory. Yeah, I'm a Rory guy too, so that's good. Look, I look forward to that. And uh, <laughs> shortly after that, you'll be back in Edmonton throwing the football around, so we, we look forward to seeing you. And, Taylor, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Our thanks to QB1. Also, thanks to you for listening today to the Elks This Week. My name's Morley Scott. We'll talk more football in seven days' time on the Elks This Week on 630 Chet.